The Diesel Performance Podcast contains explicit language. Thank you for joining us. This is Paul Wilson. And this is Chris Emke. And you're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Guys, want to give a huge shout out to Duramax Tuner. Uh, Chris, we've been talking a lot of lately about the Stell 64. The LML Turbo is probably one of my favorite ones out of that lineup. Why is that, Paul? You know, it's the few that's on the market that's a direct drop-in. Yeah. Uh, so you don't need a different downpipe. You don't need to reroute your oil lines or coolant lines or right. anything else. You pull the old turbo out. You drop the new turbo in. That, and I don't know if you've heard it, but the sound is fucking badass. Yeah, it is freaking bad. It is freaking bad. No, it's it's a cool turbocharger, drop-in, very simplistic. You don't need all the other add-ons. There are other turbos on the market that is a drop-in, but it's a kit. Right. So they offer you a bunch of other parts to make their turbo work. This, there is no added parts. Pull the old turbo out, drop the new turbo in, some gaskets, and you're ready to rock and roll. Yeah, works great for towing, works great for daily driving. Also, I think here the performance end of it's nothing to, to scuff at. So I mean, I like investing money to go fast. <laughs> so Stell 64 for your LML, that's your 2011 to 16 uh, Duramaxes, available at DuramaxTuner.com. Of course, if you want to get more information about that or anything else with Duramax Tuner, give them a call, 815-568-7920. They can get you set up on that. Today, though, I am really excited to share some more information about behind the scenes on one of the most badass trucks in the country. Yeah, yeah. We're, uh, we're, we're proud to bring on Anthony. How are you, Anthony? Good. How are you guys? Doing great, man. Thanks for joining us. Living again. the dream. We're interviewing you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, you've you've been on the show before, and we've talked about your experience in drag racing and uh, driving the XDP drag truck. There, we're going to talk today some more about some of the new kind of setup you guys have going on right now, and of course, get into some behind the scenes on Diesel Power Challenge stuff that you're directly involved with. Perfect. Great. Awesome. So first, before we get too far in, you've already told us about your start in diesel. Maybe just remind our listeners, walk us through kind of your history in diesel performance here. What have you done? Uh, you know, I just got my start. It was kind of a hobby that, that some of my buddies uh, my buddies got me into. Just picked up on, on some of their bad habits and uh, kind of took it from there. I got my start with AirDog. Um, I started at AirDog, uh, I think, around 2007. Worked there for seven years, sales and marketing manager, and uh, now I've been at XTP for three years, um, handling the wholesale side of things, working with dealers across the country, um, getting, them, getting them parts whenever they need it to, to take care of all their customers. Awesome, man. Okay. Uh, real quick, give us a, a quick shout-out here, a, kind of a throwback. Uh, what was your first time drag racing? What would you race? And uh, tell us a little bit about it. My first time drag racing was actually this current truck that we have. I had never been down the drag strip before in my life. Um, it was kind of a joke that I wanted to go nines when I had never been down the drag strip before, but uh, <laughs> it was a goal we set. I thought we could do it, and we did. My first time down the drag strip was actually interesting. Um, in the staging lanes of Indianapolis at an NHRDA event, and I had uh, Ben Shaddy and Ryan Milliken um, in front of me, uh, that was 2014, and I'm set to make the first pass I've ever made down a drag strip in this brand new truck. Never drove, just got it running, you know, a couple days before, par for the course on this type of stuff. And uh, um, it's actually the the pass that Ryan blew his uh, his coolant line off and basically went wall to wall right in front of me. So oh it was God. an interesting first trip down. I was like. 
wow. Uh, <laughs> you know, he could have waited and done that, you know, after I got this first pass out of my belt. But um, everything went smooth for me. Uh, you know, that was my first event. I ended up racing um, Derek Rose, who ended up, you know, being a good buddy of mine down the road at the time. I didn't know him. Um, you guys obviously know him well, but uh, that was kind of like my, my first first ever real side-by-side race was, was him and I. So No yeah. shit. Three years ago. And you actually went nines your first time down the strip? No, no, no. First year. First, first year. year. Okay. Oh, geez. I couldn't imagine going nines the first time down. I, <laughs> I don't think my brain could have faken it. The first time I ever launched a truck was kind of in my neighborhood at the time, and I really was skeptical if I could even do it because <laughs> it was just there was just so much going on. I'm like, wow, these houses are flying by me. But once you get out on the drag strip, everything's kind of pushed back, and it's not so fast. But at first, I'm like, wow, this is going to be interesting. And, and that's real estate amazing. advice right there. Know your fucking neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. I just lost 20000 on my house. I don't know why. I don't know why. Because <laughs> Anthony Reams moved in down the street. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, so you, I'm you, out of there now, so they don't have to worry about it. <laughs> but you literally just jumped in. I, I mean, just two feet in and, and dive in. What kind of prep did you do to get yourself ready to get out there and start start running this thing uh you know i i really didn't have any i just i was confident and you know just kind of the operation of the trucks and having a feel for it you know of the steering wheel and the throttle you can just kind of feel how things are working i had sled pulled plenty before that uh, you know the years before that so i wasn't i knew there was going to be learning you know for sure I, I had a i had a lot to learn but as far as having a concern of not being able to handle the truck you know I, I, I knew the direction that I needed to go. I, I knew when I have control of the truck and when I don't. So we just, I literally, I started it a couple of days before we made our first pass, and I was just winging it. And, you know, it's kind of kind of been the same thing for, for years to come, and, and now we're running eight. So. <laughs> Drag racing, the easiest sport in America. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't go there. It's probably the most nerve-wracking in your head with everything that's going on, and you know, basically when you leave the line, at least my truck, everybody wants to know, you know, how do you drive through this? You know, what do you do? And I'm like, basically the game plan is you want to go straight and you know the truck's not going straight. It's going right or left and you get ready to, to react <laughs> whenever you launch, <laughs> but you know it's not going straight. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, I it's guess, fun. you know, kind of diving into it, you know, I've, followed your truck over a few years you know we've had mechanical 12 valve engine you've had common rail engine what's the setup of the truck at this point yeah we've uh we've bounced um you know different directions from the start um you know working with xdp and all the many sponsors that, that help us out um we just decided to kind of get to the common rail setup um that's more you know up to speed trying to get away from the smoky 12 valve stuff so we currently run um, a common rail motor, uh, 6.7 common rail engine, um, and we actually just made a made a switch over, and we're working with Drew from D&J on a motor. Um, he's working a lot of overtime to help help XDP, you know, BD, AirDog, all the sponsors get us back out on the track. We had some ups and ups and downs with some issues and things, so um, we're just about we're just about there. We're about ready to go again. So now is this a, a six a six seven like I don't know how much you you want to talk or can talk is this a deck plate motor like what's the logistics or what's the foundation on that six seven? Yeah, it's going to be a six seven deck plate motor. We run uh, triple CP three setup. 
Uh, nothing, nothing real secretive in there. Um, we run, you know, triple, triple turbos, triple CB3s. Um, gosh, what else do you want to know? Deck plate, <laughs> you know, one inch longer. I mean, it's it's a it's a D&J enforcer motor, D&J rods and things. Okay. There are pistons and stuff in it. HSP does all the fab work on the turbo piping um, and a few other little things for us. Um, there's a there's there's so many hands in on it that that help with a fitting here or. You know, trans coolers from VD. You know, there's so many different people helping in on it, but that's that's the base of it is a six-seven deck plate motor. Now, I know, following a couple months ago, you know, not to bring up a touchy subject, but you know, ultimate callout challenge had some issues turbocharger wise, things of that nature. So, what do you have going into the setup now that you say the truck's getting back up and running? Uh, what do you have as far as air supply goes? Um, yeah, we we ran into a couple little issues there. Um, you know, we, we XDP myself, we all busted our butts to get this thing ready. We, we were optimistic on uh, what we could do. And, we you know, we ran into a little gremlin that just kind of showed its ass at UCC, unfortunately. It was just our luck. But um, we kept shearing the compressor wheels off of uh, off the turbos, off the manifold chargers. So um, we moved on to a bigger bodied charger on the manifold to where the shaft's much, much bigger now. Um we had an 8899 on the manifold. Now we'll have a 102 millimeter oh, wow. on the manifold now. Holy fuck. Um, so we got to try and keep these dudes together. So we kind of had uh, some awesome optimistic power numbers that we that we were looking for, and some of the dyno time that we did, they were they were a reality. So finding reliability um, became something that you know you know caught us off guard. So. I think we're there now. We've made the we've made the proper changes, and and we're we're getting that all applied right now. Like I'm I'm literally standing at HSP right now, and they're in the back welding on the truck. So. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> now I will say at UCC, I got a chance to walk down in the pits and see you guys tearing at this truck, and I think that's what the real story is here. Is yeah. It was amazing to see because everybody had an issue at UCC. Everybody's truck had something come up, and and a lot of the guys that we were looking for in a big way, trucks just this this is a part of the industry. You know, we've talked about it before. But when I walk back in the pit and there's Anthony and five other guys, three of them with their hands inside the engine bay, two of them behind those guys handing them tools or running sawzalls, and I literally mean just running sawzalls, chopping shit, like <laughs> cutting shit, guys yelling at each other. It looked like what you what you see your wife watch on like ER shows, you know, and like <laughs> massive surgery going on and people barking orders oh and like God. people just throwing stuff and supply. Who's got channel locks? No, I need bigger ones. Like pretty sure that was a direct quote. Um, it, it was it was fucking awesome, to be honest with you. Like it was really, really cool to see your guys' level of teamwork and the team that you brought there and Bane in and everybody else all pitching in, all jumping in. Everybody's covered head to toe in grease. I mean, you guys were still dying to get every last pass in you could, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I mean, my team and I said it kind of going in, you know, a little bit on social media. You know, I felt going in like I had the coolest team of anybody, um, and, and it just kind of showed. It showed when we were there. We worked till 3 a.m. the night before to get that truck. You know, finished. We we decided we wanted to make a last minute transmission change. Better safe than sorry. Then we ran into all these issues, and I mean. There was a ton of, of friends outside of the industry just, just doing little things, you know. Um, owners um, of XDP, Dan, uh, Vice President Paul, all of these guys are in the pits doing a little something, whether it be, I know this fender's got to get wiped off before we go while they get these chargers switched, or, 
you know, like you said, grab the pliers, grab the sawzall. And, <laughs> you know, that, that happened. Brand new truck we brought out, you know, brand new wrap and everything. And, you know, 10 minutes after, you know, showing itself for the first time, here we are sawzalling the hood through the brand new wrap. And you know, <laughs> Dan, Dan made the comment. He's like, he just shakes his head and he says, I hate you. I'm like, well, we got to get to the track. <laughs> so, he knows the deal. It, it was it, it's fun to look back. I, we all hate how it went down. You know, we could, we knew we had more, but uh, we gave it our all, and uh, you know, that wasn't us. It, we just had bad luck at the wrong time. Sure, right. man. Shit happens. It you happens. know, it's it's the competitors that come back to the scene, right, and have their trucks over at HSP right now, getting welded on with one o twos on the manifold. What do you run for your uh, two uh, atmospheric chargers then? Those are eighty eight ninety nine. Um, they are Garrett GT50s, and I have a GT55 on the manifold. You came the fucking oh. party. This this is an uh, airplane engine. It's set up, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're just turbines. We're, you know? <laughs> we're so excited to get this thing out. I mean, it's I mean, it's been a hard road this year. You know, uh, especially this is like our follow up year. We, we we wanted to come out. We we had a great year last year, and kind of started off rough. But we're, we're going to end the year with a bang you know, hopefully in not an expensive form. So we're going to get this thing done. We're going to get this thing together. When they're done, I'm, I'm headed back. We're getting, we're going to get the engine on the dyno. We're going to get the water injection dialed in. And then it's just a matter of finding out how much the truck can actually get to the ground because, you know, we can make much, much more horsepower than we can put to the ground. So, right. you know, people see it, UCC, all these people putting, you know, 2,000, 2,500 and engine dynos, is, uh, you know, 3,000 horse realistically on the track you see how fast some of us go we're not on kill we can't apply all that horsepower no. the that is the biggest struggle in the racing side of things now is trying to apply all this horsepower that's just kind of it's unlimited anymore there's so much horsepower <laughs> it's almost like the easy part is making horsepower these days it is absolutely, absolutely, you know, especially with as technologies advance, there's also a lot more options on how to make that oh, yeah. horsepower. It's not just one setup anymore. There's a lot of different options to really get to that same end goal. Um, tell me about some of the records that have been set with this truck, some of the racing that you've done. You guys have had, uh, like you said, a really successful year last year. What are some of the uh, feathers in the cap for this? Yeah, last year, last year we had a good year. We. Uh... We went number one qualifier at every NHRDA event we went to. Um, we won Denver, which was uh, you know the five thousand dollar paycheck. So that was that was a that was a great one to have. Nice. Um, I, we surpassed or broke or set the ET or mile per hour record um, at every single event that we attended with NHRDA last year. So what? you know, yeah, and then you know the big. We wanted to do all of these things, and we got there. And it, towards the end of the year, we were slowly starting to to work some other gremlins out. Trying, which gremlins being suspension, trying to get this horsepower we have on tap to the ground. And we went out to Utah uh, for industrial injections event, and we we made the first ever eight second pass in a super street truck. So we went we went eight eighty five and one hundred and fifty seven, and you know the excitement was. I mean, it was. It, like I said, it was it was our ultimate goal. I mean, there was a lot of big goals that we had, but you know, you can you can do a lot of things, but being the first to do something is not something that can ever be taken away. You know, somebody <laughs> somebody can go out and go faster than us, which they've already done this year. And we're, you know, eight nobody had done last year. Right. 
there's our, there's five trucks now this year that, right. that have done it. <laughs> well, I think it's so, crazy too because, like you said, eight fifty five. It's not like you rolled in an eight ninety nine and called it eight. You know what I mean? Which it is. I mean, eight eight's an eight, right? But I'm sorry, eight eighty five. But still, I mean, still crushing it by by even that margin oh, yeah. to get into that area. It's not like you ran an eight ninety nine, right? You know exactly. What I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like you guys are eights. shaving it, like really getting it down there. Yeah, we were, you know, we all worked hard. I mean, we worked hard to get there, and we were just hoping like heck. Wade Mentor came so close a couple times. Um, you know, actually, we set the NHRDA record in St. Louis. We set the NHRDA record, but we lost the race. Buhider put a 902 on us, which was like, holy hell, where did that come from, you know? And then I think it was two weeks later, uh, Mentor went out and went two nine double O's and re so the record was gone. So it was like short lived. I'm like, I'm a hero right now. I'm not, you know, I'm stud one day, dud. You know, two weeks later. So, <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah. The the Super Street Field is it's awesome. I mean, we we have a great time together. We're all buddies. We all text about what we're doing. You know, we point fingers at each other for for every time one of us blows something up. But, you know, I, I blame you, Hyder, for for me blowing my last motor up because he went out and went 902 on me and I couldn't let that happen again. <laughs> it's a good time. We have a blast. It is. It does really seem to be a uh, a community among the racers because honestly, we don't really get many of the rivalries there in this industry. No. We get them a lot in sled pulling, right? Like that, yeah, that seems to be a lot of poking at each other. But yeah. Uh, yeah, racers do do for the most part seem to get along, which is always kind of surprised me. Smaller niche. Yeah. Smaller. Yeah. Oh, we, fair we enough. We argue. We argue in a serious manner too. You know, we uh, <laughs> one day we're drinking a beer, the next day we're we're cussing at each other via text or something. But at the end of the day, we uh, we're all we all look out for each other, our safety, and and what's best for the class and growing this sport too. So I, I would um, consider that motivational shit talking. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, trust me. Try being on the sideline so far this year, watching these guys go eight. Yeah, knowing what we can do and I can't do a damn thing about it right now. So where they know, they know we're coming after them. So. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, after a quick word from our sponsors, we're going to come back and ask you a little bit more about the diesel power challenge and how you and the guys over at XDP got involved with that over the last uh, several years here. I'm Nick with calibrated power solutions, the leading North American developer of clean diesel power home of DuramaxTuner.com. I want to tell you about our Duramax Power Packs, the DT530 for the LB7, LLY, and LBZ. These Power Packs come with all the parts you need to make a safe, reliable 530 horsepower, including our DT750 built transmission. If you want to take your truck to the next level, 650 horsepower or higher, everything you bought in the DT530 Power Pack will give you the platform to build on, so you won't have to replace anything or spend your money twice. For more information, check out DuramaxTuner.com, click on the truck, and then select a power pack, or call 815-568-7920. Again, that's 815-568-7920. All right, and so we're back with Anthony Reams. Uh, Chris and I have been talking to him about his truck, about the NHRDA, about just racing in general. And now we want to take a second to talk about the Diesel Power Challenge. Now, Anthony, we all know XCP sponsors the event uh, real heavily. It has always been involved in a big way on the media side. Tell me, how do you play into that? Yeah, I. Uh, so what I do at XCP is I deal with uh, with dealers. You know, all the shops around the nation um, that, that sell parts. Um, we distribute those parts to them so they can sell it to their end customer. And and the Diesel Power Challenge um, ties into that because a lot of the competitors that are a part of that either own shops or have shops at the event helping them now, um, through back the, to the event podcast or. You know, they're helping them get the trucks built. So 
my side of things is I step in, I make new friends, I make new dealers, uh, I hang out with those guys, I help them before the event if they need parts, and, and it usually turns into a good relationship after to where, you know, we start doing a lot of business together. So that's that's my, my direct, you know, focus when it comes to Diesel Power Challenge and, and XCP. But when I do go out there, they... They usually end up sending me with a camera, and I'm out here acting like I know what I'm doing with the camera. But <laughs> that's like secondary to out there actually drawing up business, you know, um, you know, building work relationships as well. Gotcha. Cool. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the Diesel Power Challenge. Over yeah. the years, we've seen quite a bit of change with it. There's been, I mean, I've been following this stuff for going on six, seven years. And like you had said, you know, from where it was six, seven years ago till now, you know, uh, not so much the testing and stuff like that, but I mean, there has been, you know, that. Uh, well, I think there's definitely a difference the in the level of competition, right? The progression, so, though, yeah. in the sport. Yeah, yeah, I think some of that. I think um, the limit on winning, rep- rep- like repeat right. wins and things right. like that, and like basically like outlawing Levon from the Diesel Power Challenge. Blacklisted. Um, yeah, and, and like. And now, who? Yeah, right, right, exactly. Well, he's one of those guys running eights, Anthony. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> Sorry, dude, that's, oh, right that was the motivational it. shit talking. Right yeah, after that's it. what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay, okay. But but we have, I mean, we've seen it. So as we start to limit people who have repeat wins, and like, does that limit the competition? Does that limit how fast? I mean, we've never seen anybody go eights at, at Diesel Power Challenge. No. Granted, it just happened this year, but. I mean, do you really think any of the trucks that got voted in are anywhere close to going eights at this point? No, not, you know, the weights and stuff that they have. I mean, now you're trying to cross over into kind of like UCC type stuff. And I mean, you're going to have, if you went into an event like UCC with eight trucks, it's probably not going to be a very good showing because, I mean, stuff's on kill. Diesel Power Challenge, don't get me wrong, they're they're making some, some good numbers and stuff. But you're talking about streetable realistic, I can build that kind of truck type of thing. I don't need to be a race shop or a manufacturer to build it. And those guys do awesome. I mean, you're you're talking about parts that they can buy from, from XDP and bolt it on and compete and do well. And it's no, I mean, it's no joke. That competition is tough. I mean, they, they beat on stuff just as hard as, as anybody in any competition. And, you know, the, you know, the big jokes, Fords are usually the underdogs, but Look what Keeter did. Yeah, right. Keeter won that thing two years in a row. Like, no shit. That's a that's a competitive event for everybody. Every truck coming in there, no matter who makes it, has, has a chance to win. You know, who would ever thought a Ford would win the Diesel Power Challenge? But now he's a repeat winner. You know, All right? And, and a six leader. Yeah. Yeah. And a exactly. six leader. Who would have thought? Well, yeah. I mean, even some of the other guys, you know, we got to interview some of the other guys and like throwing a 12 valve together in two weeks right. once you're sure you yeah. get voted in. I guess that's my one drawback on the challenge is during the voting. I really wish that there was some sort of proof that this truck was together yeah, that, and I'm that not gets, voting on somebody's concept. Right. There's so many of them. I think that's the the one complaint I've always had about the, the challenge is like if if these are if this is the build this is the build and if you have this truck and it's proven and now we're taking to test it but when I'm voting on somebody's idea um I guess it hasn't it hasn't burnt me though I mean but, the, you, you know what maybe we've seen just a few alternates throughout the years who have at the last minute popped up and been the ones to compete right. right off the bat. I think another thing too is a lot of people say that this event plays favoritism and that oh you have to be someone to get in. I mean I've seen a lot of people that are very well known on social media that don't get voted in. Yeah, you know, over the yeah. last couple of years. I mean, how many guys out of Wisconsin too. this year? Right. I didn't even know half of them. 
Right. Yeah. yeah. Five, five yeah, guys out of Wisconsin. Uh, that's our area. That's like, that's our neck of the woods. Right. And like, I maybe yeah. recognized one name from social media. <laughs> so. And there was a lot, this year's diesel power challenge was, you know, something that we talked about with XDP, like, man, look at the entries for diesel power challenge this year. This, this could be huge for XDP. You know, parts that we manufacture and sell, look at all these potential people we can get our, our foot in the door in, you know, and build this relationship over it. And then, when the list came out, I was like, "Wow!" You know, all the people that all the people that I was like, "Well, he's a lock, he's a lock, he's a lock," weren't <laughs> even in the running. They yep. weren't even alternates, and it was just it was really interesting to see it. But you know, it was it was still a great event. I, yeah, I mean, it very it's, it's not like they left all the good stuff out and it was a bad a bad show. But you know, some of the the more popular people were left out, and it was still a badass show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, the competition is tough, man. I really can't imagine willingly put putting my daily driver through those events. No. I mean, I guess I would to be in the Diesel Power Challenge, right? Like, because it's that cool. Mm-hmm. But like to actually use your truck like that. I mean, trailer drag racing. Yeah, do that. Yeah, rowdy. That's just a rowdy idea. I never imagined that I would have done to my truck that I'm doing now <laughs> like ucc no chance and then they come calling and give you that invite and ta-da there you are <laughs> but that you know when i think this is as we start to look at you know this industry and how it shapes up we talk to a lot of guys with sled pulling we talk to a lot of guys with drag racing now ucc and diesel power challenge oh. there's a kind of a place for everybody depending on what you want to do even now with a lot of the smaller stuff going on with uh beanfield racing the, the, dirt, the drags. dirt drags but i i would say like the ucc i think when the ucc came you know to be what it is it kind of did set that standard to where the diesel power challenge is more of that enthusiast competition right you know that end user daily driver i mean a daily driver thousand horse truck is a normal thing these days now it is. and those are the trucks that are going to these events which makes it a if the truck can stay together and you can drive it, you have a very good potential to win. Well, I think I think that's kind of why we needed the ultimate call-out challenge Absolutely. in this industry is to let, let's see the biggest shops. Let's see the people who really aren't necessarily budget conscious when they're putting right. their builds together. Let's see what these guys are doing, how badass, how big, how powerful. Yep. Um, there's still always questions, though. You, you know, well, is you, where is the UCC going to evolve? What rules are we going to see next year? Right that are going to impact it. What do you think, Anthony, from, from one of the people who actually went there and competed, what would you like to see different about the UCC in 2018? You know, all, all these events can always be, it doesn't matter what, what event it is, they can always be fine-tuned. And, and it's hard to tell. Is, is, do I think that needs to change because that fits me better, or does that actually fit the industry and the competitors and does it make people want to watch the event more so my side of things i have my opinions and i share some of them um <laughs> but but at the end of the day we all have the same rules and it is what it is i'm gonna i'm gonna have to race within my means in my pocketbook and you know those that support me and and that's that so I know, I know I have more support than a lot of people. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I've got it so hard, yada, yada. I know some people that are working out of their own pockets that, that, that are doing some of the same stuff that we're doing. And sure. it's, it's just, I usually try and keep in mind what is actually better for the sport. What is going to get more trucks into this field? How can we get a 15 or 20 truck field in Super Street? Not four or five that were all fast, but coin flip, 
transmission probably going to take a shit before the end of the day. You know, that, I mean, that's, that's really where it is now. I think it's, it's one of those things that we all know the power and, and everything's there. It's, you know, how can we actually grow these events? And the UCC, I mean, we're, we're two years in. They're, they're going to have to listen. Uh, they're going to have to listen to racers. They're going to have to listen to sponsors, you know, on what they can do better and take them all into consideration. But, but me particularly, I, I honestly, I don't, I don't have an opinion right now. Is you know, there's some organization side of things, but as far as rules and stuff, I haven't even had time to sit and think what I would like to see different. And I, I don't worry too awful much about it because when it, when it comes down to it, I'm going to run the same rules as everyone else. So. Right. right. I mean, I guess that is one one thing I would love to see in 2018 is um, a little bit more test time for all of the competitors to hopefully encourage to get the trucks more dialed in for the actual event, right? Because when you have trucks go down, that's always going to happen. You can't really plan for it. But I feel like, and I don't know if that's just, it's the second year competitors. I mean, look at us. We blew up an engine over at Calibrated Power three days before the event because that was one of our first dyno runs with it all together. You know what I mean? It's not like nobody who went to UCC had a truck totally together two months before and was out racing it and like, oh yeah, UCC's coming up. Everybody worked on it right up until right. the end. Yeah, um, absolutely. And that, you know, you bring that up. That's one of the things that, that fits me better is the time frame of it. I would prefer to have it at the end of the year. So my important side of things <laughs> is going drag racing for, you know, sponsors, you know, MBRP and Suncoast and all these other guys that also help me. But with that said, what if I shell a motor or I'm out of money by the end of the year and I can't make UCC? Right. You know, right. There, there's just, they're just really, there, there's so much going on. There, there's organization, there's shop events, open house type things that you want to go support people, you know, and me specifically, you know, XDP on the wholesale side, we want to show support for, for our dealers and stuff as much as we can. But, you know, a few years ago, You'd usually squeeze an event into October. Now October's full. Now oh, you're yeah. now you're talking yeah. about November and how far <laughs> do we have to go to get warm to race? I was gonna say yeah. So, well, being ba- XTP being based out of New Jersey, I'm sure that's that's really exciting for for everybody. Now you're you're remote though, aren't you? He's in Missouri. Yeah, I'm. I'm just I'm just to the uh, to the west of you in that Republican state of Missouri. You know? <laughs> the great state. <laughs> <laughs> show show it to me on a map. um okay so but you're in missouri so i guess i guess the travel for you to get south in the winter because nhrda no races over the winter correct no uh, they usually they usually kick off i think in march and world finals is in either late september early october just kind of varies um he throws some like rudy's is in uh his fall events in october usually um, you know they, they they switch them up for the you know here and there depending on weather and, and the, the good run of bad luck that, that some of them have. So, sure. but yeah, usually you know you, you used to race the start of the year started with TS. You know, like that's when the season started. It used to be like that. TS was <laughs> May or June, and by the time you hit shides at the end of August, you're trying to hit in some fill-in events. Yeah. Now it's you have. You, you start racing in March, like full tilt racing, points races, and you finish up in November. So it's like you get you get three months off, and it's back to racing, and it it, it makes it tough. It, it makes it tough to 
figure out a schedule. Do you want to race points? Do you want to do UCCs and diesel power challenges and, and all of these other events that are, that are getting great attention? I mean, they, they all get you know, magazines and, and whatnot. They're, they're all over the place, but it, it's hard to juggle all of them, and sometimes you just you can't make it to all of them. Right. It's almost as if you need two trucks now. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> I, I believe you when you said that. <laughs> yeah, not an option. I am, uh, one keeps me busy enough. I am going to spend my 10-year wedding anniversary on Wednesday in oh, Michigan wow. while my wife is at home with a 10-month-old newborn and our 4-year-old daughter by herself. So two trucks would ensure... She's going to end up keeping one, and I'll get what's left. <laughs> <laughs> and she has the kids. I just want to exactly, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so two's not an option. <laughs> well, congratulations, and it sounds like good luck. Um, <laughs> yeah, wish you the best. I, uh, yeah, I got back from a two-day trip with a wife and a, a newborn at home, and it was fun yeah. it was fun it was fun it was, it was fun. great it was great yeah. i loved it everything was awesome um okay well anthony i'll tell you what man i really appreciate you taking out so much time we know how busy you are with everything um so to take time out while you're over there at the shop we really really just want to say thank you to you and all the guys over at xdp for joining us again on the podcast any shout outs you want to give today before we let you off the phone oh uh, yeah um got a lot of people that help you know on the race truck that we talked about uh air dogs bb mbrp Titan Fuel Tanks, oh, gee, Suncoast, Yukon, there, there's so many, Edge Products, Autometer, AFE, um, those guys all those guys all help us on the race team to get things going. So uh, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna give it back to those guys. You know, we had, like I said, a long, long season so far, but, but we're going to come back out and we're going we're gonna to hit it hard. And diesel Power Challenge stuff. Anybody looking for diesel power challenge stuff, we're the exclusive distributor for that stuff. Get on xcp.com. Lots of parts, lots of accessories, but all your diesel power challenge here um, is available right there exclusively through XCP. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Anthony. This has been Paul Wilson. And this is Chris Emke. Thank you for for listening. Calibrated Power Solutions, the leading North American developer of clean diesel power and home of DuramaxTutor.com, is the proud sponsor of the Diesel Performance Podcast. Calibrated Power develops emissions-equipped tunes for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including the Duramax, Cummins, Jeep, John Deere, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out CalibratedPower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. If 102's on the manifold, what do you run for your uh, two uh, atmospheric chargers then? Those are 8899. Um, they are Garrett GT50s, and I have a GT55 on the manifold. You came the fucking oh. party. This this is an uh, airplane engine it's set up, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're just turbines, <laughs> you know. <laughs> 